It's time for episode 491 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where it's been a minute and we have 29 left, so let's get going. I am Dan Morin and across the internet from me is my good friend, my pal, my dungeon buddy, because we play Dungeons and Dragons on the internet together sometimes. It's Micah Sargent. Hello, Micah. Hello, Dan the Man Morin. I like that. It's been a minute and we've got 29 left. That's good. (laughs) It's 28 now, so we probably should move ahead to introducing our fantastic guest this week. To my left, it is the co-host of fabulous podcasts like Automators right here in Relay FM and iOS Today over on Twit. It is the one and only Rosemary Orchard. Welcome back, Rosemary. Hey, thanks for having me. It's going to be good fun for the remaining 27 minutes. (laughs) I've made it a thing now. (laughs) And to my left, it's a podcaster and tech journalist from Slovenia. You know him. We know him. It's Andrzej Tomic. Welcome back to the show, Andrzej. Harry Bears. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you for having me again. That's like nobody's going to get that. I just figured, just kind of crowbar it in here. So, yeah. Excellent. Well done. All right. Let us get this show on the road. Joe Rosenstiel, who's listening in the chat room, so this is awkward now, uh, wrote a post over on Six Scholars about the foibles of the Max Music app. I want to know where you listen to music, what services and apps you use, and what features are you missing? Let's start with you, Rosemary. So I use the the music app uh, primarily on my iPhone. I rarely use it on my iPad um, and almost never use it on my Mac. I don't know when I really stopped using music on the Mac. I think probably when it became music rather than iTunes. The other part of it is, is the music app on my phone allows me to just easily integrate with the HomePods that are playing audio around the house. So I can, you know, pick things up and hand it off to them and so on and so forth. I do use the now playing uh, app slash complication on my Apple Watch quite a bit to just see what's currently playing and so on. But I feel like I'm maybe, you know, a, a music noob or something because I don't really feel like there are features that are missing. I would love smart playlists in music um, on uh, the iPhone. I would also love it if a smart playlist based on a smart playlist could exist outside of music on the Mac, uh, because that's something that you can't do. Um, but, uh, you know, aside from that, I feel like I'm doing all right. But maybe I'm just basic when it comes to music. I don't I don't think that you're basic. I also feel uh, pretty good about the way that it is. So either we're both basic or we're in a good place. Um, I used to say that I used uh, Apple Music for my library and for album listening, because that's uh, tends to be how I listen to music. I will find an album that I want to listen to and then listen through it, uh, either in the background or actively listening. And I would use Spotify as a means to kind of have a DJ because Spotify's uh, algorithmic based playlists are still to this day to me uh, better than what Apple Music has provided and continues to provide. And so I would switch between the two. If I just wanted to hear a bunch of different songs throughout the day, I'd go to Spotify. If I wanted to hear uh, specific albums, I'd use Apple Music. These days, I almost exclusively just use Apple Music because I am not doing a whole lot of just background music listening. And when I do use Spotify, it's for a very particular thing, which is um, I play some sort of music 
in my house on the different uh, echoes that I have so that the dogs have kind of like just some sound in the background and they're not focusing on the kids running around outside or the delivery person coming by. So it's just uh, results in them not getting all worked up because there are uh, people outside who they think are trying to break into their home. Uh, so yeah, Spotify is almost exclusively just a doggy jukebox and <laughs> Apple Music is my means of listening to music. Anjay, what about you? I'm actually a uh, YouTube premium subscriber and then I think it was like 60 cents euro cents uh, above like i think it's like seven euros all total and you basically get rid of the ads in youtube which i kind of like because i do watch a lot of youtube and then you get youtube music for those 60 cents and i think that's a pretty amazing deal honestly like i think that's the best deal out there but yes youtube yeah. music yeah I am an Apple Music user. I think for me, I resisted going to the streaming music, um, you know, set up for a long time. I had my iTunes library. I was very happy with that because I tend to listen to the same music over and over again. I don't discover a lot of new music, but Apple Music's ability to have that catalog and be able to be, especially for me, I listen to a lot of like movie scores and stuff like that. And I can just be like, I'm not going to keep buying movie scores for like, you know, 10, 15 bucks a pop. I can just go and listen to something once, decide if I want it or not. And, you know, then I just add it to my library. And I appreciate that simplicity to it. I tend to do most of my listening on my phone when I'm out and about, whether it's in the car or, uh, you know, taking a walk or something like that. I do use music on my Mac occasionally if I'm sitting there, but more often than not, I like go to start some music and I get distracted and then like 20 minutes later realize I, I'm not listening to anything. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, I maybe that's more of a me problem. I, I do think that there are a lot of frustrations. And I think in, in Joe's article, he points out, I think one of my biggest as well, which is the inability to move between the Mac and other devices. Like I'm listening to a soundtrack on my Mac and I'm halfway through and I'm like, I gotta go downstairs and, and wash the dishes. And there's no way to like hand it off to your phone. Like you can play it on the HomePod, but then you're still technically controlling it from the Mac and it's all kind of a mess. So I think there is a lot of work there for Apple Lift to do, but they seem to be sort of resting on their laurels. They haven't really touched the music app ever since they split up iTunes all those years ago. Uh, so that's a bit disappointing. Um, but I'm generally fine with it. And maybe like Micah and Rosemary, I'm just a bit of a, a basic listener. So I don't, I'm not really pushing the envelope there. Uh, but thank you all for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from Rosemary. Well, in the wake of Twitter saying, you need to pay us money so that you can use SMS to factor authentication, I was wondering if you had to pay for increased security on various different online accounts, um, and that was the only way to get, for example, two-factor authentication, not specifically SMS, but any kind of you know multi-factor authentication or just security, what kind of security would you be requiring personally to get uh, for them to get your money? Um, or should we just make secure authentication a legal requirement? So let me be clear. I know that this is not what Twitter slash Elon were was slash were doing in uh, in getting this set up. They were not saying um, let's charge for the less secure option. They were saying let's charge to make money. but. What I'm going to say is, based on that, I do like the idea of charging people to be less secure and then <laughs> making it so that the more secure <laughs> methods 
don't cost money. Hey, look, if you want to run the risk and then you've got to call our support team because you suddenly have been hacked, then you're going to need to pay some money every month so that we can uh, properly pay our support team. So I would like the idea you charge if you only are using a password. If you don't have two-factor authentication turned on, that's going to cost you $2.99 a month. Uh, if your password <laughs> is too basic, that's $1.99 a month. If you like all of these things get put in place that make you have more security. And then once you reach that threshold, then it's like, okay, you don't have to pay anything. This is now just the basic service uh, that you were expecting. On the other hand, though, yes, I do believe that secure authentication should be a a legal requirement. I think that or like it's a basic right. I think that we should have uh, the ability to maintain security on different platforms um, and that we should get to be us and not worry about someone else breaking into our account and making use of that. Uh, Anjay, what are your thoughts? I figured like this week, I, I purposely, purposely didn't put it in, but like the whole, you know, Facebook going to some sort of subscription verification, which technically is sort of a security thing, right? If you just pay to have that, like a blue, blue check mark and it's kind of a verified sort of profile, like all of that stuff, it just, just makes me sad that that's a thing. Like I, I'm just, I'm waiting for the Facebook announcement where if you want to use a, like a YubiKey, it's going to be like two bucks more a month. Right. <laughs> like I just... I'm just, it's so, so sad. And, and like the, the, the only reason I think it's not really going to happen because it is in their interest for people to not just continue to get hacked and lose their accounts and stuff. So there is like sort of a genuine, uh, like genuine reason for them to want people to have two, two, two factor authentication. But then I got, uh, um, when I, like, I actually tweeted about this and then I got the response from sort of our, uh, sort of state government, uh, uh, like agency that kind of deals with cybersecurity. And like, I don't know if the stats correct, but it's like maybe like 3% of Twitter users actually use two factor authentication. And if that's the case, I, I'm like, there's no help. Even if it's like free paid or whatever, like we're just we're doomed as a species <laughs> like that's wow this, I don't this went downhill what, very yeah. quickly <laughs> yes no because like i know like it's a techie podcast and we're all talking and i'm sure we all have like i have a yubikey like all of my stuff is like i have a password manager all of that stuff but that's when you just look outside of our sort of bubble it goes downhill very fast like what password manager do you use what's a password manager i just use the same password everywhere like that's like yeah it's i don't know Legal requirement. I think that's the, that's the key, probably. Maybe it helps a little. Yeah. I. So, first of all, Micah, I love your idea about charging people for being more insecure. No notes. <laughs> um, I think if it's not legal, I mean, at very least, it feels like there should be liability issues here, right? Where, like, if there's a security like breach, then it's like, well, if you didn't offer the the two factor authentication as a provider, like you're you're on the hook for not providing the best security that you could. Um, or really any level of improved security. I think the the Twitter setup here was ridiculous and remains ridiculous. And uh, even though it may have a silver lining to it, the fact that they left it available for people who are paying just strikes me as bananas. Uh, Facebook's hold my beer approach of like, wow, seems like stuff's (laughs) going great for Elon. Let's definitely try that. And Facebook seems 
unfathomable. Why would you use that as an example? Uh, plus, it includes improved like impersonation protection or something. It's like, why is that not a thing for everybody? So I I think this is stupid. <laughs> I think that this all of this should be baked in uh, and that yeah. charging for improved security is ridiculous and borderline criminal. Um, I do think that, you know, hopefully as we start transitioning over the next few years to pass keys to replace passwords, some of this will be a thing of the past, but it's going to be a long, slow road as we get there. Uh, Rosemary, why don't you wrap us up here? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. And the whole SMS two-factor authentication thing is just a bit weird. The thing that bugs me uh, as well as that is also when um, a, a company has their own app for two-factor authentication. Um, and a primary candidate for this over here is bank stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And guess what? My bank locks me out of my bank app if I install a beta. So if I were running iOS, um, you know, 17, even like a month after um, the public beta becomes available, my bank app will open and then crash. And that's what it does. And that's how it will be for the entire summer. So I have to have a non-beta device so that I can get those codes and so I can actually do, you know, online banking. Um, so I would really love, you know, some some legislation, you know, get the EU together with, you know, some U.S. government officials, put some people in a room and make them, them agree to use the standards that are out there and skip using SMS. If you are traveling, if your phone runs out of battery, if there's no signal, if the network has a hiccup, you won't get it. Um, there is no guaranteed delivery on SMS anyway. So it's just a terrible idea. Stop using it for authentication. Um, and, you know, just remember on Wednesdays, we wear pink. On Wednesdays, we make sure that everything's using 2FA. All right, that's two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it is halftime here at Clockwise. And to tell us about this week's sponsor, I'll turn it over to Micah. Yes, that's because this sponsor is Issue. Uh, whether you work for yourself or you're part of a team, well, it is time to get creative. You can make your online presence and your business stand out from the rest with Issue. Because Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content. From marketing materials and magazines to catalogs and portfolios, so much more, frankly. There's no need for endless scrolling through PDFs because Issue features your digital content in an easy-to-view way on every device. Make it once and distribute it everywhere without worrying about reformatting. Your content is automatically optimized for engagement and ready to share, which saves you so much time. Plus, I like this, the integrations it has in place mean that it'll work with tools you use and love like Canva, Dropbox, MailChimp, and InDesign. Content on issue can be published as public or private, so private will only allow users with a shared link to view it, and public content is available to your audience and uh, available for anyone to discover on the issue platform itself. Uh, The platform also provides statistics on how your content is being consumed, so you can learn more about your audience. You know, you go up. Oh, they definitely like this page or, oh, they skipped over this. Uh, you'll get data on impressions, clicks on the content, duration spent reading, pages viewed, so much more. Issue helps creators, marketers, designers, and anyone who wants to make content that stands out. So get started with Issue today for free or sign up for an annual premium account and get, yes, 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use the promo code clockwise. That's I-S-S-U-U.com slash podcast. Use that promo code clockwise at checkout for your free starter account or 50% off an annual premium account. One more time, issue.com slash podcast with the promo code clockwise. And of course, our thanks to Issue for their support of Clockwise and all of Relay FM. 
All right, we are back from the break, and that means it's time for my topic. My question for you, um, I'm talking physical. Uh, how do you keep your most used devices clean? Anjay, we'll start with you. A lot of microfiber cloths. Like that's, that, that's been my sort of strategy. My phone is like a mic. I just use the micro like fiber cloth and I'm, I'm, I pretend everything's okay. And we all know it's not, right? Cause it's, it's, it's our hands, right? It's not, but I, that's, that's as far as I go. And I just figured the micro cloth gets everything. It's a mic, it's micro, right? It'll get the small stuff. Like, <laughs> you gotta get a nano cloth. Please. Those are even, those are even. <laughs> Yeah, just nobody say I'm wrong, please. Cause I'm I'm living in this fantasy land where a microcloud basically gets rid of everything like dirty because and everything micro dirty. So that's basically my answer. That's that's all I use. And I, I like I buy them like when I, they get dirty, I throw them away and I buy those five packs or ten packs and then I'll just go through them basically. So I think I'm doing okay, right? <laughs> You're doing great. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Thank uh, you, Dad. you're welcome no no i i mean you're a step ahead of me it's like uh wait i'm not supposed to wipe this off on my sweater that works fine i don't know it just gets the fingerprints <laughs> off uh i i went through a phase you know early in the pandemic where every time i came back from the grocery store i would pull my phone out of the case and i would you know use a little alcohol swab over the entire phone and let it dry and you know i have to turn it off to do that and i wash my case and all that stuff and then you know, six months after doing that, I was just like, you know what? And that's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> I'm not worrying about this anymore. So I occasionally wipe it down, as as Angie said, with a little cloth or something like that. Um, I have a little brush for my keyboard that I use uh, on occasion. But I'm going to be honest, most of the time, I probably could do be be doing more to clean off all these devices I use. The other day, I looked at my laptop screen. and was like, oh, man, I should really clean this. And I was like, I don't know where any of the cleaning <laughs> stuff is. <laughs> Never mind. I'm moving on. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I guess maybe I need a service where somebody like comes in and, and cleans all my stuff. I would pay for that. I'll pay for somebody to come in and keep all my technology looking as pristine as it was when it came out of the box. Or maybe that's an, an Apple service they could use to juice up their revenue a bit oh, there. Oh, man. Rosemary? I usually also, just like Anjay, use the microfiber cloth. Woo! Microfiber cloth team. Um, <laughs> I always have one on my desk. I bought like a 20-pack on Amazon of um, some thinner ones. I just uh, chuck them in the washing machine. Pro tip, by the way, folks, microfiber needs its own like separate cycle because if like lint and other stuff gets in there, it stops yes. being amazing at microfiber. Uh, for my keyboard, because I, I know that people uh, do get more muck on their keyboard, and I do eat at my desk, which is not great, um, I can pop off the keycaps on my lovely mechanical keyboard, um, and then I just chuck them in a, a bowl with some washing up liquid and soapy water, and then uh, yeah, uh, have a little go at it with a soft sponge as each one comes out, and voila, that's kind of it. Um, thank you for answering that question. I did want to mention there's a company called Phone Soap, and they make this device that uh, it's a UV bath, essentially. You take something and you put it inside and there's a UV light on the bottom and a UV light on the top and some reflective paneling inside. And so you can put your device inside and then it sits in there in the UV light. And then, of course, it will kill those little microbes. It's a tanning bed um, for your phone. It's a, it's exactly a tanning bed for your phone. The other thing I want to mention, the X-Power A2 Aero Pro multi-use electric computer duster dryer air pump blower. And this is a little an air blower that you can use to clean the dust from your keyboard or from, you know, uh, your your computer. Um, about once a year, I'll take the back panel off of 
any laptop that has uh, fans in it and clean it out. And I use this, but this thing can, it has two modes and it can go pretty powerful. And it's got all of these little attachments so that you you can brush away things while you're blowing. And it's so much better than canned air and so much better than just uh, doing little pumps uh, with, with some of the tools that they have out there. You plug this thing in, it turns on and it, boy, does it blow. Uh, thank you all for your <laughs> answers on that topic. Let us go to uh, our next topic, which comes from Anjay. The last Mac I actually used was my dad's G3. So since then, I've been on Windows, and now I have finally ordered a Mac Mini M2 Pro, and I upgraded the RAM to 32 gigabytes, and to do that, I sold the kidney, basically. <laughs> I, I don't understand that. Like, I know, like, all of the reviews, I've heard them talk about, like, the Mac Mini a bunch and stuff, and, like, there's always this twinge when you all of you talk about them, like, yeah, and then storage upgrades and the RAM upgrades are expensive, but what can you do? But, like, I, how okay are all of you with that? Because it just seems like it's such a money grab. Like, I do understand, a for-profit company, they can charge whatever they want, but when you l- compare the prices to a bunch of, like, a like couple of sticks of RAM or an SSD, and then look at the Apple upgrade pricing, and considering the fact that you can't really change anything on these machines anymore, right? Uh, after the fact. Like, it's, how okay again are we with all of this? Can we just, <laughs> I do, I'd, I'd like to hear some more outrage, basically, not just kind of brushing it off as the Apple being Apple. Like, we should kind of be mad, no? I am more okay with the RAM prices this day. I don't like it, but I'm more okay with our more understanding, I should say, of that than I am with the SSD stuff. Because the SSD stuff really is just commodity hardware. It's like this is a a you're buying off the shelf chips that you can be put into these things and you are charging a big premium on it. And as you said, you can't add storage after the fact, at least, you know, not internally. Uh and yeah, you're kind of stuck with whatever you got. Um, so I've, I've kind of gone to like paring down my amount of stuff on my main drives just to like keep within a smaller, uh, footprint for storage. Like, and I'll, you know, offload stuff to my NAS or, or offload to the cloud or what have you. Um, the Ram side's a little weirder. I mean, with the new Apple Silicon architecture, the Ram is built into the, the processor package. So, it's a kind of a different experience. I, I found two things here. One, I don't think you need as much RAM. And I struggle with this because my temptation is always buy as much as you can afford. And the answer is, well, I can afford a lot if I'm willing to sell my other kidney. Um, but I, <laughs> you know, I, I I think you get by with, with less these days because of the way Apple uses its unified memory architecture. So I understand why it's more expensive because it does change the tooling on terms of like the actual chip that's going in there. But it is frustrating that that is where we are at. Um, so, I, yeah, it's annoying, and I guess we should be more angry about it. But I think it is is just a battle. I've realized we're not going to win, and so I've kind of just had to <laughs> accept it as sad as it makes me, and perhaps just spend less on a computer for that won't last me as long, which is a bummer. But I, I guess that's just the way it goes. Rosemary, I mean, it's it's one of those things, right? We don't. If you want to use an Apple product, you don't have a choice, um, and it's it's one of those things where it would be great if we did. Um, and I had, um, before in my current Mac Studio, I had, and still have actually on the shelf, a Mac Mini. 
which didn't the- really come with user upgradable RAM, but it was Stephen Hackett upgradable. So I took my Mac Mini to Stephen Hackett and had him upgrade my RAM. Um, you know, as you do. Um, but not everybody has a Stephen Hackett in their lives who can do that. The part that I really struggle with with this, um, and I, I understand why it's this way on the laptops and it, it's a lot easier to, to understand there. But the problem is, is once you buy it, you're stuck. You can't upgrade your RAM later and you can't upgrade your SSD later. And I'm pretty certain if I opened up my Mac Studio that's sitting here on my desk, there'd be space in there. I could, you know, they could have made a little bit more space and I don't know, had an empty SSD slot in there that I could just shove my own SSD into that wouldn't be like the internal storage, but it would be inside my machine. As it is, uh, you know, I... If it's inside your machine, it's decent. internal storage. That's the rule. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it would be a separate drive, right? Like, that's that's yeah. the, that's the difference there. But yes, you, you make a good point, Dan. But as it is, uh, you know, if and when I need more storage, I'll just have to use one of my ports and plug something in, which is fine on a Mac Studio, not so fine on a laptop. Yeah, I... Ultimately, Anjay, I think uh, what it sounds like is you kind of wanted to hear that you were not alone in thinking that it's ridiculous and you were not alone in thinking that it's ridiculous. It is. It's like, why is it so much money? And why is it that every time I've heard about somebody, almost every time, not every time, almost every time I've heard about somebody installing third party RAM in their machines in the ones that could take RAM, they it it, and something ended up going wonky and didn't work uh, right. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I do think that it's very annoying. It's also like that is the differentiation mechanism that Apple uses for each of them. And so you end up uh, adding on the cost. But yeah, you you go on that site and you click through like, oh, yeah, I'd like to upgrade this part. And then suddenly I'm going, no, I wouldn't like to upgrade that part because (laughs) that's uh, (laughs) basically the cost of my child's tuition. Um, Yeah, it gets pretty pricey. Uh, But Anjay, why don't you round us out here? That's all I basically wanted. Just some ranting. Because I I think it gets, I'll say it like this. I think it gets glossed over too much. Like I'll say that, right? I I, I get all of it, right? Especially the point with the laptops and even with the RAM, I think the storage is way worse, right? But I just think it gets just glossed over too much like i think there's there should be more anger in every review i read right even from you guys basically we're just saying come on man just stop uh we got just enough time for a bonus topic before that uh we got a second sponsor today micah who's sponsoring us this week it's Squarespace. You've heard of them. I know you have. Uh, Squarespace, it's the all-in-one platform for building a website, growing your business online, if you'd like to do that as well. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, sell anything, products, services, and even the content you create. Squarespace has got you covered. With Squarespace, you can sell your products on an online store. So whether that's physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. You can get started with a best-in-class website template and customize it to fit your needs. It's as easy as browsing the category of your business to find a perfect starting place. And you can customize it with just a few clicks. And hey, we got a lot of people out there getting blogging, especially as Twitter continues to break apart. Uh, So get blogging with Squarespace. It's got powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You'll be able to categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. Uh, My personal website is run on Squarespace at mica.co. And 
has been for years now. And there have been a few times where I've started a podcast and Squarespace was where I went to do all of the podcast publishing and management. And it was very easy to get set up. It was very easy to continue to use. And I just, I think Squarespace is so uh, simple to get started, but then you can get really down in the weeds with it, which is quite fun. Um, just the other day, I was making a change to the uh, injectable header on each of my pages. So yeah, you can get in and code if you'd like. I think right at the bottom of my page, I've got you know the, the copyright information, and that is all a bit of injected code uh, so that the date is never wrong. Um, so yeah, you, you should check out Squarespace, whether you're just starting or whether you know a thing or two about web design. Uh, Squarespace can help you out. Uh, go to squarespace.com slash clockwise, and you can get a free trial with no credit card required. And then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code clockwise. That'll save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace.com slash clockwise. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code clockwise to get 10% off your first purchase. And of course, show your support for our show. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All righty, Dan, it's time for your bonus topic. Bonus topic, and let's make this a quick one. If you could install one really good toy from a playground in your home or yard, etc., name it. What would it be? Rosemary? Uh, I want a roundabout. Uh, not roundabout that you drive around, but those spinning like large discs with the handles on that you, you know, a couple of kids would stand on, a couple of kids would like run and push the, the metal bars and then hop on and spin around. I want one of those. Oh, swing there, there are not set. enough roundabouts anymore. Uh, sorry, a swing set for me, for sure. I think it's so much fun to just swing. Uh, Anshay, what about you? A trampoline, because I found that tires the kids out the most. <laughs> Good choice. Uh, going, yes, my rational. I'm going with a slide, just a really long slide from the top floor to the bottom floor, mainly because my wife loves slides, so uh, that would keep her happy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a Clockwise member. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise. You can sign up for just $5 per month or $50 a year, and you'll help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we're talking about digital cleanup. All right. And that is the end of the show. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest this week. Rosemary Orchard, thank you so much for being here. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure as always. And Andrzej Tomic, thank you so much for joining us and reminding everyone not to forget about Slovenia. Uh, and Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, Micah, we'll be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. 